this is the first time I think I've ever said that in four years that I really feel God's presence here in a strong way, but I do feel it. And, uh, they like walked in and they said, Gary said, get him. People came on me and prayed. And uh, that was wonderful. So, yeah. Say, Father. If when you say that, there is the sense in your heart that you can access that person through saying that, credit the Spirit for the Spirit's work in you. Because we are told in Scripture that that's the first word we learn as God's children. Galatians 4 says it, But when the time had fully come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Full rights. What does that mean? Full rights. We get it all. We get it all. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3 that we get life. We even get death. I don't know what that means, but we get death. We get the present and the future. All things are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. And then it goes on to say here, so you are no longer a slave. A slave doesn't know whether he belongs or not. Slave doesn't have much of a future. Slave doesn't know how he's accepted. You're no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are sons, God has also made you an heir. Are you an heir because you deserve to be an heir? No. You don't achieve it, you receive it. And what I want to talk about tonight is receiving the love of the Father. The Bible says God pours His love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And how do we, how do we then receive that? I, when I say Father, I, that's an endearing term to me because my father was a very kind person. I see Sarah shaking her head. You had a very kind father. I know your father. If you had somebody who was kind, that's an enduring term. How many of you, uh, when you say that, because of your father, it's easy for you to say father? How many of you, that, that was was or is was a struggle or is a struggle because you didn't have a close relationship with your father? I've prayed with many. In fact, I've got a booklet downstairs. I w- I'd like to bring it up so that any of you could take that about healing from a father wound. If... Uh, a father doesn't represent God in the way that we hope he would or violates that uh, position, then it can put a wound in our heart that doesn't go away in time. It needs healing. And God can heal that. And a cross-reference in Romans 8, this is what it says about Father. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave. Saying the same thing. Makes you a slave again to fear. 
if you're not sure you where you, whether you belong or not, you're kind of afraid. You're not sure if you're accepted. You're not sure if you have a place. And some people feel that way, although they do have a father, but they haven't been made to feel like they really do belong or really accepted or really are worthy. So they struggle with receiving God's love. In fact, all of us, to some degree, struggle to receiving God's love. In a minute, I'm going to say something about how we receive that. But you have received the spirit of sonship, also the spirit of adoption, which means you're in, you belong. You're, you're in the family. Yes. You belong. And so, because you're there, and by Him, who's the Him there? The Spirit. We cry, Abba. And Abba, as you know, is like saying, Papa. And that's how some people pray. For a while when I heard that, I thought, mm, I don't think so. Not anymore. This would have, I think this did offend the disciples when Jesus said, teaching, when he was teaching them how to pray, and said, when you pray, say, Father, that was, that was a real shocker for them. Because that's getting very personal. And for some people, it is personal. That's why actually most of you, if you listen to yourself pray, maybe you don't say, Father. Maybe you're more comfortable with Lord. That's not quite so close. I hope you do say, Father. I taught my kids, when you pray, say, Father. Not wrong to say, Lord. Not wrong to say, Jesus. You're Jesus. But Jesus taught us to pray, Father. That's how the apostles pray. For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father. Say it again. The Spirit taught you to say that. If you're saying it in a way that's accessing the love of God. So here's my problem with receiving that. I'm an adult. And so are you. And adults analyze. Adults compare. Adults think, well, I'm unworthy. Or maybe I'm worthy. Maybe I deserve it. Or maybe I don't deserve it. Either one will block it. So, I mentioned to you last week that Jesus, Luke 18, people were bringing babies. Listen, they were, they were carrying babies to Jesus to have Him touch them. Now, when Jesus touched them, did anything happen? Huh? He blessed them. Did they get a blessing? Yes. yes. They got something real, didn't they? Yeah. Yes. What'd they do to get it? Nothing. How could they have done anything? They're babies. <laughs> they did nothing to receive it. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. They, they, they were rebuking the parents who were bringing the kids, not the babies. They were rebuking the parents. But Jesus called the children. Come on, kids. Come on. I want you here. Yes. Now he's going to shock the disciples. Listen to this. Called them to him and he said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. He's, he's not saying, Oh, that's so cute. That's so nice. The kids can come. Listen to what he says. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Jesus doesn't just throw out phrases. He says, I tell you the truth. I think it's worth listening to, right? Yeah. Let's listen to that. I tell you the truth. 
Anyone who will not receive, say receive. receive, the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So unless we become like a little child, we won't even get close to the kingdom because everything in the kingdom comes by way of reception. We accept it, we don't attain it. It's a gift, not a paycheck. We receive it, we don't achieve it. It's not by work, it's not by scoring points. So we're going to talk about... So, so if a little kid gets, gets it by not doing nothing, that's how we get it. So we need to deal with the blockages that come in our mind, in our thinking, in our behavior. And that's what I want to look at for a little while tonight in back up three chapters to Luke 15 and look at how a couple people blocked the love of their father because we deal with some of the same problems in our relationship with our father. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, I want you to notice that he calls him Father. That's going to be important, especially a little later. Give me, what did he say? Give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. His share was probably one-third. The elder brother would get two-thirds because he has responsibility for bearing the father. And so he would get a double portion. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. Here's a warning. If you choose to leave the father's house because of an interest in the world, the father will not restrain you. Think about it. The most powerful person in the universe doesn't use this kind of force. Jesus said to the disciples when people started leaving, what did he say? Are you going to leave too? Yeah. What 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 power did he have? He he, he wasn't going to restrain him. God's not going to restrain you. The Bible says Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. The Bible also says that Love not the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, what does it say? The, the love of the Father is not in him. So if I am being attracted and pulled to the world, I'm being pulled away from the love of the Father. I cannot access, I can say the word, but I cannot access the love of the Father if the world is pulling me and I'm responding to that call. So by warning to you, if you're hearing that call strongly, you won't you won't be able to access the love of the Father. And the Father will let you go. He will not restrain you. That's that's a warning to me. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. Here's the Father's love now. He sent the famine. Why? How's that going to get him back? Next sentence. And he began to be in need. 
for some reason, he wanted what the Father could give him without the Father. We don't know why, but I've got an idea. Just an idea. If I had a brother that he had, I think I'd leave too. He, he had only enough religion to make himself miserable and make his family miserable, the elder brother. And I want to say to you prodigals, when you come home, there may be an elder brother there. And that makes it hard to be a, to be a grace-oriented child of God with an elder brother that doesn't understand grace. So, he began to be in need. Is he needy enough? No. Not yet. So, sometimes we just have to let people really hit bottom, don't we? Yeah. And they're not accessing God's love. And the father is hurting. He's suffering for the son. But he doesn't go to get him. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field, say fields, yes. going to come up later, to feed pigs. What's a good kosher... Jewish boy doing in a Gentile pig pen. That was not. That was humiliation. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. There's a, a great picture of the world. A father is one who gives without taking. I say that as an earthly father... I give, but I can't take. I say that as a spiritual father, and as I say that on behalf of the Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. You give, but you don't take. You give, and you suffer. He gave, and he suffered. He gave, and he let him go. The Father does that all the time. He gives. He lets the sun rise on those people who are cursing him. He, 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 he gives rain on their crops. He is so kind to the people who have no... No desire to know Him. But He loves them. He cares about them. This is a picture of the world. No one gave Him anything. The world takes and it doesn't give. If you think you can experience some level of joy in the world, you are terribly deceived. And you need to, you need to experience it and let it dry you up. So he was now not accessing the Father's love, but it says when he came to his senses, he's getting there now. Okay, this is going to get good now. He's coming to his senses. He said, how many of my father's hired men? Here's a revelation of the Father when he's in the pig pen. <coughs> Something opens up, and he's beginning to, to see more clearly. Hey, those hired guys are getting good food, and I'm starving out here. So something starts to happen in his heart. And here I am starving. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. Would you call that, on a scale of ten, one to ten, would you call that a, a pretty decent confession? Yeah. What do you see there? Deep humility. He was taking responsibility for his sin. You know, it's hard to do that sometimes. It's hard to accept responsibility. 
even when people have hurt us. I'm not responsible for what people to do, but I'm responsible for how I respond. And I need to take responsibility. You made me angry. No, no, I chose to get angry. I have to be responsible for my negative responses in life. He's taken responsibility. He didn't blame his father. He didn't blame his brother. He said, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me. When he started out, what did he say? Give me. When he, when, he, when he left, he said, give me. Now he's saying, make me. Something's happening. God's, God's tenderizing his heart. So now he wants to be shaped. His very unworthiness makes him worthy. It's really important now to understand this part. If you think you're worthy, you're not worthy. There's one person who's worthy, the Son of God. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. He's worthy. I'm not worthy. Not worthy to be a son. And he recognizes that. And he can't even get through a speech. In fact, but when he was still a long way off, his father saw him. How do, why do you see him? How do you see him? What do you see there? Looking for him. Say it louder. He was looking for him. He had hope for that son to return. He had longing, and he spotted him way out there. Let me say this to you. If you're a prodigal, and you make one move toward the Father, he'll be sprinting toward you. The Bible says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You just take a little step. My, God is so compassionate. That when in your heart, you just move toward Him. So, He ran, threw His arms around Him, kissed Him. The Son said, Father. That's the fi that's five times He's used the word Father. Prodigals who return have an easier time knowing the heart of the Father than elder brothers who think they deserve it. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He gets interrupted by his father, who apparently doesn't mention his sin. He doesn't say, I told you so. He doesn't say, why have you ruined the family reputation? I had a good father, and when I messed up, I saw his kindness in the way he responded to me. After I, after I scraped his car that I borrowed along a white picket fence when I dropped off some friends, I came back and handed him the keys and I said, Dad, I messed up the car. Took the keys and he said, well, it's bound to happen sooner or later. <laughs> that was what he told me. I knew that. And <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? You, you'd heard it before, haven't you? <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> See if you've heard this one, Naomi. I, I worked a summer for Campus Crusade for Christ. And I learned how to run a church as a sophomore in college. So I go, went home and told my dad, who only had 30 years of experience, how to run his church. Then years later, when I became a pastor and realized, this is not a piece of cake, this is tough work. I went back to my dad and I said, I was a fool. 
to think that I had something to teach you. I said, please forgive me. He made me feel like I'd never done it. He, God does not want you to remember your sins. He doesn't want you to keep bringing them up because He, he forgets about them. He doesn't want you to be conscious of your sin. He wants you to be conscious of His love and His forgiveness. So He doesn't want you to be thinking a lot about your sin. Just deal with it and get away with it. Get, get it beyond you. It's Satan who wants to remind you of your sin. He, he loves you. He cares about you. And He wants you to think about your value to Him and how kind He is. So he, he's, he's not mentioning the sin. But what does the Father do? He said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf and kill it, let's have a feast and celebrate. For this my son, see he wanted to be a servant and the father wouldn't let him. Mm -hmm. The father won't let you, when you, you see your unworthiness, he won't let you just be a servant. He wants you in the family, he has a compulsion in his heart to celebrate you. You're that special to him. That tonight, if he had his way, he would celebrate you and you would know how full his heart is for you. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, so before the meanwhile, just a word now. How does it how does a prodigal access God's love? He comes back home. Some of you need to come back. You need to take a step toward the Father tonight. You need to take a step home and watch Him charging you. Prodigals deal with shame and unworthiness. They, they, they rebelled. Elder brothers are sometimes too religious to rebel in that same way. They don't rebel overtly. They, re they rebel covertly, like I did. I was an elder brother. I didn't rebel like that, but I was an elder brother to my sister, younger sister, and I rebelled in different ways. Meanwhile, the older brother was in the field. Remember the field that the younger brother was in? Mm -hmm. The elder brother's in his own field. It's a different kind of field. It's a field of work. He's scoring points. Some of you, you grew up, learned how to score points. You learn how to keep score. I have a, a, a friend who is in ministry, and his wife said to me, when I was growing up, if I vacuumed, they'd always let me know that I missed behind the couch. If I cut my hair, you cut it too short. And so I learned to keep score growing up. And now I keep score as an adult. And I keep score on other people. I'm critical of the other pastor, critical of his wife, and I'm critical of myself because I'm tallying up the score all the time. That's what this elder brother is doing. He's got a good score. Does he have a father? Let's see if he does. When he came near the home, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed a fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The elder brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out. This is the second time he went out. He went out for his younger son, and now he's going out. The father is so 
kind, so merciful that we he, he wants to go after us to rescue us. He went out and pleaded with them, but he answered his father. Look at what he says now. What does he call him? This son What does he call his father? He calls him look. <laughs> that's that's what he, he he doesn't have a father. Now, in fact, he does, but he has a boss, and he's working hard. He's out in the field and he's working hard. There are people that I've known as I've been in ministry. I think of a Jerry who worked hard, showed up at all the work parties. And he. Taught, even though he, you know, didn't like kids that much. He, 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 uh, you know, he was around. You got the idea. He was saying, "Appreciate me. I'm killing myself for you people." See, there can be a way of, of figuring that we're going to earn this with God, and we we earn a place, we earn status, and it sooner or later it grips all of us, and we think, well. If I have my devotions, God will be kinder to me. If I'm if I'm doing well in my week, then I can expect more love coming from him because that's just fair. And for the elder brother, grace grace uh, made him mad. It was irrational, and it can be irrational to us, so that we think, well, God's blessing all the wrong people. I'm underlining my Bible. I'm going to church, and what? As if, you know, I, we almost say it. As soon as I say something like that, I'm in deep trouble. I'm where the, I'm where the elder brother is. As if, as if I can achieve it. I can't achieve it. I can only receive it. And as soon as I begin to start achieving it, I cannot access the love of the Father. It comes to those who are unworthy, who know they're unworthy, but then open their arms. And you've got this prodigal who's walking around thinking, when is my dad going to take me behind the barn and beat, it, beat the tar out of me for what I did? And he never does. He just keeps laden. And he says, now wait a minute. I wanted to go to the far country because I wanted a party. I wanted a celebration. I wanted fancy clothes. And I, I didn't get it. And I come home. And what do I get? I get new clothes. I get new sandals. I get a celebration. What a jerk. <laughs> and he finds out how kind his father is. Did he have a good record? He had a terrible record. Did he have a good dad? Yeah, he had a really good dad. Did the elder brother have a good record? Well, he thought he did. He didn't have a father. He had a boss. Listen to what he says now. All these years I've been what? slaving for you. See, he's not a son. The son who was willing to be a servant was a son. The son who deserved to be a son really was a servant. He was a slave. He's just working for it. And listen to what he says. I have never disobeyed your orders. Wait a minute. He's, he's disobeying him right now. See, 
He thought his brother was irresponsible. Who's the irresponsible one? He's not taking responsibility for his own sin, for his own anger, for his own rebellion to his father. He's the irresponsible one. He's, listen to how independent he is. Listen to what he says now. You, and I never disobeyed your orders, Frong, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I might make merry with whom? He didn't know the father. He had his own friends, and he was separating just like he blamed the younger brother. Well, you separate, you went out in the world. Well, that's where he is right now. He's out in the world, and he wants to celebrate with his own friends, but he can't access any of what the father. He's frustrating his grace. But when this son of yours, see, he won't even claim him as a brother, this son of yours, uh, do this with your fist. Quench your fist for a moment. I'm going to say something, not to shame you, but just to show you that where there is something in your heart where you've been hurt and you hold on to that and that goes to seed and turns to bitterness, it's very difficult for you to access God's love and His grace. If you've been, if God has disappointed you, if you expected to get in graduate school and instead you, you didn't and that was really hurtful, or you had a sibling that they got paralyzed or lost their life and you wondered and, and if something went in your heart and you were disappointed with God, He, he let you down, you thought you were getting married and instead you, you broke up and, and that's in there. And you're thinking, boy, it's hard to serve God. God's hard to serve. And there's something inside of you. I'm not saying this to shame you. I'm just saying if that happens, you could be like the elder brother. Saying, I'm really, you know, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I'm trying so hard to serve you. And you really make it hard. Why don't you bless me more? You're blessing the wrong people all the time. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> You try to get his attention because you, well, you deserve it. If you use that word, you're living by the standards of the law and you're keeping score and you will not access his love. You'll get a boss, you won't get a God who loves you. And so at some point you need to let go and say, Father, I am sorry. As you know, I'm angry. I'm disappointed with what's taken place. I'm disappointed with life. I'm disappointed with what's happened. Then I ask Him, please heal. Anybody here that feels that they need that, 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 that there is some disappointment in their life and that's caused maybe something to, to block? You're, you're feeling that way? Any others? I'd like, I'd like you to stop here and, and pray because that's common. That's real common. Raise your hand if you feel some of that, whether you're out there or in here, and just put your hand on somebody close to you because you can get real tired. That You can you can really get tired of that situation. There are a couple hands here. Thanks for raising your hand. You know that there's no shame. That, that we, really, we really want to see this lifted. You remember how there were there were two who invested their talents and one didn't invest his talents and the reason he gave is I know you are a hard man. 
And Father, I pray for those who sometimes feel like you're a hard man. That it's it can be hard to serve you. And that and that you sometimes don't do things right. In fact, the elder brother wanted to to correct his father. Maybe we want to correct God and say, you got to do it different. You're supposed to do it different. You're not doing it the right way. I pray, Father, that You would come with Your mercy and love now and woo these. It's so easy to fall under the demands of the law rather than to live in the irrational grace of a merciful Father. I pray that You would you would adjust the lenses so that they can see you for who you really are. Kind, compassionate. Karen, heal them now. Heal their heart. Heal the disappointments that they've had. The disappointments in life. Would you heal those things so that they could once again believe you to do the things that you promised to do? To provide for them what they really need. In Jesus' name. Okay, we're wrapping it up now pretty soon. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Listen to the father's response now. I might have said... You controlling, angry, ungrateful son. That's what he deserved. You know, we can be angry with people who are angry. He said, My son. Oh my. The son didn't call him father, but he still called him son. Mm -hmm. He was a son, but he didn't know it. He'd forgotten who he was. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. That's how generous the father is. All that is mine is yours. He wanted to give all of that to that son, but he couldn't take any of it. You never gave me anything. Well, yeah, he couldn't get a hold of it. He couldn't access it. And some of us are saying, you don't give me much. Because we haven't learned how to access by dealing with the blocks that come into our lives. All that I have is yours. He frustrated his love. Now listen to this. But we had to celebrate God, God has a compulsion. <laughs> it's not just being out in the field getting the job done. It's not just working. It's time to come in from the field and just celebrate. I think one of my wife's favorite verses is about the God who dances over us. Just see Him enjoying you. He doesn't, he doesn't just love you. He likes you. He likes to spend time with you. He likes your personality. Like Leif said, if you had a tree, he'd carve your name on it. You have a wallet, your picture would be in it. That's the way he is. 
And He thinks about you. He thinks about you all the time. And not about your sin. He thinks about the favor He wants to give you. The gifts that He's got ready to hand to you. The love that He wants to show you. And He wants us to access it. Not by doing something, but by letting go of some things that we've done. So, here's what I want to do. I want to I help us to, to let go. Some of us are prodigals. I wasn't a prodigal. I was an elder brother. I wasn't free to rebel, frankly. <laughs> because I was too religious. I envied people who were free to rebel. And it looked like they were having fun time. I had to deal with my elder brother's status. And, and I knew that I was on the way when my younger sister said, Paul, seems like you're rejoining the human race. <laughs> and I knew, I knew I was getting there. I was getting rid of those things that kept me from accessing God's love. It was control. It was anger at other people trying to control their life. So there are some of you here like that tonight. And there are also some who are, who are dabbling in the world. And I want to pray uh, for both groups. Let's start with, with those who are perhaps elder brother types who maybe have control issues. Or uh, maybe I prayed for some of you already. But, uh, uh, if you are an elder brother and the law looks fair and you know you find yourself Jesus plus this, Jesus plus whatever, you know, it can be devotion. I have devotions every day. So I'm not, like Dallas Willard says, God's not opposed to effort, but He's opposed to earning. Mm -hmm. He's opposed to your thinking that because you do those things, you've scored some points. You don't need any points. you already got a perfect score. Oh, come on. Come on. You're, you're there. <laughs> we work out of who we are, not into who we are. We're not on the way. We've arrived. Yes. We're there. And so living out of abundance of what God's given us, we just enjoy Him and we have devotions with Him. We don't, yeah. we don't need any points. Yeah. Right. So we don't score anything. Yeah. Right. But if you think you're scoring, yes. Yes. you're in a place where you're deserving it, you're living under the law, yes. and you're, the love of God is drying up because you can't access it then. Hallelujah. So if you're there, elder brother type, raise your hand. We're going to pray. That's where I was. Raise your hand and uh, keep it up until somebody's touching you. You're out there. Want to want to get both groups? Now I'm going to say a prayer, but if anybody feels like they have an anointing for for saying a prayer, uh, you know, I'd like to raise my hand at the same time so I could get in on on uh, this because that's been my temptation through my through my life. So I identify with you as I pray. So if somebody else wants to pray. You can do so as well. Okay, here goes. And what we're doing now is we're we're letting go of these things that block receiving the Father's love. You understand what we're doing? We're letting go of some of these things. We just want to be a son, daughter. We don't want to control others. We don't want to look at others and say, well, what about them? We don't want to be upset or angry or disappointed. We just want to let that go so that we can be the little kids who are accessing God's love. Okay. Father, we're sorry that we, we often don't even see how we try to control. The last person to know he's controlling is the person who's controlling. And we're sorry for that. We're sorry for manipulation. 
we're sorry for our our being upset at people who aren't as good as we are, who aren't where we are, who don't have as good a record as we do. God, we're so sorry. We're ashamed to say it. God, thank you for the that Jesus took our terrible record and gave us his record. Thank you that he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God, as Clint said last week, that we become your righteousness. So we don't we don't need any more record. We've got a good record. Please allow my friends now to shed this outlook of of needing to deserve it. Of wanting to deserve it. Let's shed it. Let's in your mind now, I want you to tear up the scorecard. In your mind, just take that scorecard and and tear it up. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a piece of paper. I'm just gonna tear it up. We're tearing up the scorecard, so we don't have to keep scoring ourselves. Paul says, I don't even judge myself. We're tearing up the scorecard. We don't need it anymore. I'm not gonna keep scoring other people. We're, we're not gonna create a a, a pattern in our family. Where we keep score on our spouse or keep score on our kids, we're tearing that up. We want to live by grace. We want other people to live in the grace of God, and we want to live in the grace of God. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Son, you're a daughter. You've got a good score. You've got a good dad. Enjoy him. Enjoy. Just let him just pour it on you. He wants to pour it on you. I will not work for grace. Okay. Good. Good. Okay. Prodigals, raise your hand. Where you need to come home. Some of you are already home. We understand that. Put your hand on somebody next to you here. Put your hand up until somebody's touching it. Okay. We want to say to the prodigals that your very sense of unworthiness is what makes you worthy. It what makes you open to receive what comes from the Father's heart. And He wants to pour it on you like He poured it on His prodigal son. And He claims you. He won't let you get away with saying too much, I'm unworthy, I'm not worthy. He just shuts your mouth and says, let's have fun. Let's celebrate. Let Him celebrate you. Don't live in your own unworthiness. He doesn't want to hear about it. He doesn't want you to talk about it. He didn't want you to be conscious of your sin. He wants you to be conscious of how kind and loving, how extravagant, how outlandish He is. And He wants to show it to you. He wants to show you how many gifts He's got for you. How many things He wants to pour down upon you. Keep your hands open. Just keep your hands open to receive. Okay, I want you to stand now. And I want to stack the chairs. And the reason I want to do this... What, what time? Uh, what time is it? 9.30? Okay. We're going to pray now. And the reason I want to stack the chairs... I felt that when I got prayed for, if I wasn't standing down... If I wasn't sitting down, I would have been sitting down by the time they got down because I was weak. I've never done this before, so don't think I'm doing this to you know, hype you up. I'm not. But I feel some need to just receive the Father's love and 
and, there, and if you need to rest in the spirit, you just need some room to rest. I actually had some notes to give out tonight. Um, I'll give them out after we pray. Maybe Tim will be if if after we pray now you are led to to pray with someone else, someone close to you, or go to someone else, just pray with them. And you don't score points by by being slain or resting in the spirit. You don't score any points. Uh, but like I said, you don't need any. But sometimes it's good if if the spirit is on you, just to rest in that and just to just to let it happen. We're not we're trying not trying to make anything happen. I won't be disappointed if no one does. That's that's a that's a total non-issue for me. But it might be a good thing for you if God wants to do that in your heart tonight. So put your hands out and just just. Uh, just say that you know, the Spirit now has taught you to say Father. Just, just say it. Just say it. Let His, let His love. Now, understand that, like, like Ben said earlier, love is not primarily a feeling. Now, love is tangible blessings. Love is the grace. Love is access to your Father. Love is forgiveness. Love is acceptance. Love is belonging. Love is being an heir. Those are tangible things. It's not just a feeling, but sometimes we access it by, by feeling His love and His care in our lives. So I want us to uh, sing a song in just a moment here. Father, we, we receive the love that is poured down now by Your Holy Spirit. It's being poured down upon us. And we receive that love. For God's love is poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit. Remember, you don't have to do anything to, for, to happen, right? You don't have to do anything. Just let it happen. Let Him touch you. Hold me close. Let your love surround me.